Today on Lessons in Life and Love, detox your life. Decluttering your home helps clear stress from your mind and helps you feel focused and more in control of the goals that you have each day. Do a digital detox to unplug from machines and connect to the humans that matter the most to you. And detox from chemicals and fake foods and eat what's organic and natural. Mindful eating to a healthier and happier you. All this today on Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love with Rihanna Milne, where we show you how to have the positive mindset for success in all life areas. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 4 and Show 95 of the Lessons in Life and Love podcast. I'm your host and global life and love coach, Rihanna Milne, coming to you every Friday on the LessonsInLifeAndLove.com website and on the most popular podcast apps. I'm all about helping you transform your life in all areas into one that you're passionate about and to help you attract and have the love that you deserve. I'm on a mad mission to change the way the world loves. So you'll learn how to have emotionally healthy, evolved and conscious love and how to avoid toxic, painful and traumatic relationships, which seem too prevalent today. It's time to help you create the life that you desire and to have the love that you deserve. So if you have a personal concern, I invite you to meet with me during the week for a Life and Love Transformation Discovery Session and Assessment. Just sign up at my website, rihannamilne.com, and look forward to meeting you personally and to seeing how I can help you best. Okay, let's dive in, love angels and transformers. Today we have a show that is really important for you to do regarding mindfulness. We go into the power of mindfulness in three different areas, in having control over your digital life, your eating and health, and your home environment three big areas of your life that affect us and impact us every day. And these will be summaries read from The Power of Mindfulness magazine, How to Reduce Stress and Be Happier Every Day from Centennial Health, which is on display at your favorite newsstand until October 12, 2020. The first article I wanna go into is about digital detox. And I think this one is super important, not only for yourself, but for your relationships. You have to ask, is your phone holding you hostage? Because under the 12 childhood traumas, actually one of them, the first one is all about addictions. And the newest one added, which was item number 12, is being addicted to social media and your machines. Unfortunately, our kids are sitting there while the parents are tapping away on their phones, their iPads and their computers, and wishing for a little love and attention and playtime. So why don't you consider taking a digital detox? I'll give you some lowdowns on this article to see if some of it resonates with you. Tablets and other electronic gadgets, you wanna put them away before dinner. Try to go back to the traditional family dinner, turn off the television and sit around a dinner table and try to make it the same time each day. Kids really like and need consistency in their life and family dinner is something that they can look forward to. If anything, maybe give yourselves a break during the weekend and do dinner out or bring in dinner. But Monday through Friday, especially when they're in school, it's great for them to have a routine that they can look forward to. So put away the machines, don't have them around the dinner table and keep them off for an hour afterwards. Right after dinner, that's either interaction time or time for kids to do homework and so forth. 
and then take them away again once kids are told they need to go to bed because too many kids are up very late at night under their covers on social media and they're exhausted going to school. And when they're tired, they're not going to be able to, to absorb new things that they're learning. Be purposeful about setting aside the electronics for that set time every day and then at night before they go to bed. Learn at that time, dinner time, that family is a priority. Because eight in 10 Americans own a smartphone, it's even more critical than ever to put some thought into how much you spend time on your devices. Simply having a phone out during a conversation, even psychologically impairs the sense of connection between two people. So if you're out on a dinner date, put the phones away in your pocket, in your purse. It doesn't need to sit on the table. It's showing that if something comes in, that is more important than the company sitting there before you. During the date, make that person your priority. Nothing else is more important. If you are expecting a very important phone call for business, then explain to them up front that that call may be coming in around 7 p.m. and unfortunately they're going to have to take it. Would that be okay? And tell them that up front so they know what's going on. But try to make that a very rare exception. I was out one night on a date and I saw this couple both sitting there where there was music and dancing and everyone's having a great time and they're just sitting there on their phones the entire time. And I'm thinking, where's the connection? Where's the flirting? Where is that happiness factor of those two sharing time together? And I thought they're young people, maybe their parents out on a date away from their kids. And yet there's no connection. There's no conversation. This is a problem. This will break up couples faster than anything. Ignoring someone in favor of your phone or whatever message pops up on social media. Seriously, is it that important? But in all the research, it definitely shows it decreases marital satisfaction. Unfortunately, people have not learned to regulate their relationships along with these devices. They have put the devices as the priority. And it also can result in digital overload. A digital detox is one way to manage it. Simply decreasing the screen time and being more mindful about when and why you use your digital phone or iPads or machines, as I call them, can go a long way towards helping you be more present with your family and friends. Here's some other strategies to help you disconnect. Make your bedroom a phone-free zone. Being on the phone when you finally get to bed with your partner is showing still that you don't have your time and attention. Browsing Facebook or responding to texts that just aren't important instead of connecting with your partner and talking about your day or the next day or the weekend, it's a mega time waster and it is ruining the, the intimacy factor of your relationship. Research also shows that it does decrease your quality of sleep due to being exposed to blue light so close to bedtime, which suppresses the melatonin production in your body. That's the hormone that helps you sleep much better. Wind down at bed by reading a book or just chatting with your partner before bed and make that connection that you need to keep your relationship alive. Number two, turn off notifications. Every time that phone pings, you're distracted from the thing that you're doing, whether that's working on a busy task at work, helping your child or having quality time with them, or trying to get to sleep. And the early morning callers don't even think, wow, it's seven, she may not be up yet. Really, if you're calling for business, be mindful of the time and call or text after 9 a.m. and consider the time zone that they're in. 
Better yet, use settings to turn off the notifications for your apps, except the ones that are absolutely essential. If you don't have teens or elderly parents, maybe consider turning your phone off completely at night so you know you won't get distracted. To me, there's nothing worse than I need my eight hours of sleep. And early morning, I start getting ding, ding, dings from taxes. It just drives me out of my mind. So there are times I turn off my phone. However, my girls and grandchildren are out of town. So I do like to keep it on in case there's any family emergencies. So do consider who are you texting and what time is it in their time zone. Delete the games. You can even try turning your screen to grayscale. Both Apple and the Androids allow you to do this. Just make your phone a little bit more boring. You know that one game on there, I think it's called Candy Crush. People can get addicted to these kinds of things and be on the phones for hours. And really, how is this improving your life, your mind, your growth, your educational value? It's not, and it's a horrible addiction. If you're not constantly getting updates about every move your friends make, you'll also have more to talk about when you're on the phone having a real conversation. And in times of COVID, I do suggest that you check in more with your friends, especially your single friends, make sure they're okay, your elderly parents and your siblings that live away from you. But do that either on the phone or on an Alexa device or FaceTime, where you can actually see each other and have that quality connection, even if you're not in the same town. But try to avoid texting if you can talk and connect more personally. So when you have those meetings, when you finally get a chance to get together, if you're not texting nonstop, then you have a lot more to chat about and catch up when you meet in person. Think twice about all the mindless scrolling you've been doing on all the apps. Really try to keep it to once or twice a day check-in unless you are expecting a call or a text or have business you have to do on the phones. You know, in Europe, they actually have phone boxes. These are boxes decorated very pretty that you put your phone in to put them away to keep them out of sight and help you to be disconnected. So setting your phone in the out of the way place or a hidden place for part of the day will help you enjoy time away from it. If you're at work, you can put it in the desk drawer for the first four hours of the day, take your lunch break, then look at your phone, make any calls during lunch, and then put it back away. Having the phone going off constantly really breaks the focus and really slows down your day. So try to put it away and have your morning and your afternoon key times as production times. When you walk in the door at home to visit your family, put the keys and the phone away as well. Share your afternoon over coffee or a cup of tea with your partner and share your day. Again, don't walk in the door and be on the phone for two hours and there's dinner. Connect. This is the problem with couples today. Too little connection. And last, when you're on vacation or on the weekends, try to be on your phone a whole lot less. I love my vacation time where I'm barely on the phone. I use my phone to take pictures. That's about it. And of course, my clients can contact me if they're in an emergency situation. But I really like being away from the machines and just connecting with nature and the sights that I see around the world and the people. Love meeting the people from so many different places and cultures and seeing their art and history. I don't need to be on the phone for that unless I'm taking pictures of their beautiful communities. Next, we'll go into the importance of eating mindfully right after this commercial break. 
the coronavirus, our entire world as we know it has changed. Most people around the globe are quarantined to their homes and worried if they or their loved ones may get sick too. It's a very anxious and depressing time. Those of us with childhood trauma usually gets triggered emotionally at times like this. Anxiety can well up in your chest. You feel it in your heart, your head, or your gut. It's important to know the skills to calm yourself down and to tap into the mindset for success when under stress. Be sure to listen to many of the Lessons in Life and Love podcast shows that will help you through this crisis. Also consider signing up for a Life and Love Transformation Discovery Session, which is a one-hour session meeting with me to begin your journey on ending the trauma response for you now. Now is the time because you have the extra time to learn these essential life skills right now. Just go to rihannamilne.com. That's rihannamilne.com. Right now, this session is only $47 and has a $500 value to assist you during this time. That's rihannamilne.com. And right on the homepage, you'll see the button for a Life and Love Transformation Discovery Session. I look forward to seeing how I can help you best. Stay safe out there. Okay, we're back. Next, we want to go into the importance of being mindful while you're eating. Most people don't pay attention to what they're putting in their mouths. They're rushing through the fast food lanes or grabbing food during a fast break while they're working at home, throwing it down their throats or watching TV and catching up on CNN and the latest COVID numbers or the financial reports, which makes them both nervous. And eating while nervous and quick is the worst thing you can do for your body. It also leads to stress hormones being released, which will lead you to overeating and, of course, weight gain, along with other health concerns. In fact, the research show one out of three individuals in America is obese, and it's likely linked to our bad habit of destructive and distracted eating. A lot of us are so guilty of eating while we're at our desks watching TV or simply eating as a means just to get something or eating so fast we're not paying attention to what we're putting in our bodies and how much we're consuming. The average daily intake of calories for an American is more than 3,000, which is a whole lot more than what we need. And when we're eating quick, our brain doesn't register what we're eating, so we don't get the same feeling of cessation or fullness that our body needs to feel to stop eating. Some of the research shows the numbers, 20 minutes is the amount of time it takes to, for your brain to tell your stomach that it's full and satisfied. 3,600 average number of calories are what's in an American diet every day. And the average amount of calories recommended per day based on gender and activity level is only 1,600 to 2,600. So because it takes 20 minutes for the brain to register hormonal signals from the gut that it's full, when you eat too quickly, these cues are just garbled and not felt by the brain. When we don't put attention on what we're eating, our bodies don't register that satisfaction or that it's full. And that makes us eat a whole lot more food and more frequently. We don't chew slowly enough to release the flavor, and we don't allow time for food to sit on our tongues so that our taste buds can send that information to our brains to let it know if we're satisfied with those flavors or feeling full. Enter mindful eating. It's essential to eating with awareness. 
You engage all of your senses as you eat. You note how the food looks and smells, its texture, and of course, how great it tastes. The process of eating itself, chewing slowly without distractions, without getting on the phone, using any other electronics, or even reading. So just sit, eat, think, maybe think about what you accomplished that morning, think about what you want to accomplish at the end of the day, or if it's at night and it's dinner, what you need to do with your family, or what you want to accomplish for the next day. You'll enjoy your meals more and your waistline will definitely benefit as well, both in the short and the long term. Mindful eating plays a strong role in successfully losing weight, but also in keeping it off because there's that direct relationship between mindful eating and the reduction of food cravings, portion control, body mass index, and your body weight. So here are some examples and rules that you can use to help you have more mindful eating. And here we go. It's related to the first article that I was reviewing. Put away your devices. Mindful eating is about focusing on just one thing at a time. So do put away any writing to-do list, any stressful activities you're working on. Step away from your desk and your computers and put your phones away. Close your books. Find a pleasant place to eat and let your mind start to focus on the process of just eating and relaxing and enjoying your meal. Aim for 20 minutes to eat and then take all that time to eat just a normal size meal. Slowing down makes you more mindful of what you're doing and it really makes you focus on what you're eating in that less hurried pace. You could try putting your fork down after each bite or taking frequent sips of water in between each bite just to slow things down and then also to cleanse your palate. Savor each bite. Take a few seconds to just really look at your food, smell it, savor that first bite as you start chewing. Say to yourself, wow, that tastes really good. You know, how does it feel in your mouth against your teeth, your tongue? Is it smooth, something creamy like yogurt or ice cream? Is it crunchy like popcorn, a little salty? How does that smell? I love the smell of popcorn. <laughs> you know, so all the sensations are really important. Four, tune into your body. So about halfway through your meal, ask yourself, hmm, am I still hungry? Do I want more? And see if you're reaching a point of satisfaction where you could stop eating and feel okay. Really start listening to your body and stop eating when you feel neutral, satisfied, but not stuffed. Then think about how you feel when your meal is done. So usually after something super healthy, like a salad or vegetables, fish, you're going to feel more energized and satisfied. Something like junk food or a big plate of fries or a basket of bread, your body's likely to feel more tired and bloated. So listening to your body's cues after eating specific foods is a key component of mindful eating. Next, plan out your meals. What are you going to eat for the next few days? Write down what you want to make for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That could help you be more mindful about your meals and about when you want to eat. The body likes routine, so plan out your day when you want to have that meal. You definitely want to try and eat before 6 p.m. After that time, your body stays loaded in your stomach. You're going to bed with your food not digested, not burned off. So try to eat your main meal around three or four o'clock. That's my goal. 
And then if you're hungry later at night, around eight or nine, you can have a very small but healthy snack. Sometimes I have a mug of chicken broth soup or a little bit of fresh popcorn, never microwave, too many chemicals. And fresh fruit, a little bit of that. Now, a lot of fruit has sugar in it, so be careful and mindful of how much fruit you have. But make sure you're eating a balanced diet and getting all the right nutrients. Stress eating can counter all the mindful gains that you've made. So find other ways to combat your stress during your life and during the day. Have walks during the day, plan your workouts, take a break and talk on the phone with your good friend during the day. Find effective skills to cope with life's up and down without turning to food. Stress eating is one of the main reasons people gain weight when it comes to food. And again, I can't talk enough about getting rid of the chemicals out of the food. I teach my clients about what I call the God diet. Eat what God provides, which is healthy and natural foods. Think about it. When caveman and cavewoman were here, what was provided? Fish in the ocean, fresh fish, not farmed, not captured, where they're swimming in their own excrement. You want wild caught fish, fresh vegetables without chemicals. Again, back in the day, it grew wild, organic, right? So fresh organic vegetables, berries, again, that aren't sprayed with all kinds of growth hormones or pesticides, so organic vegetables. And that should be the main type of meal. If you eat meat, lower level animals, which would be chicken and turkey. Usually they're not supposed to eat a lot of red meats or beef, okay? So once a month, maybe enjoy those. So eat what God provides and was meant for us humans to be eating. Those are some tips about healthy eating and detoxing yourself from chemicals. Every time you put chemicals in the body, they're not digested properly. This is what adds to a lot of the extra weight gain, especially in Americans. Uh, our fast food culture and all the packaged foods, God didn't put food in packages, right? So if you are picking up a packaged food, know that it's mostly chemicals, okay? So what did God provide? Natural. Shop around the exterior portion of the grocery store. Once you get to the interior portions, think about what you're buying. Be very mindful at the grocery stores. In the inside aisles, you have all your junk foods, your breads, your high sugar items. But if you need paper products, you can go there. If you need organic soup, you can go there. There's a few other healthy things, but not many. So be very mindful and try to shop and pick your things from around the perimeter of the grocery store and you'll be better off for it. Third section we're going to go in today is about the importance of decluttering yourself at your home and your office. And we'll go into that right after this break. Since many of you are now at home, are you wondering what a home profession would be like? Have you ever thought of coaching? I have developed an amazing coaching mentoring program to get you started in coaching or help you to excel to global status. To inquire, just go to rihannamilne.com and check out the mentoring tab and then contact me with a list of what you would like help with. This is a personalized, customized, and individual coaching program to help you get your new or existing virtual dream job off the ground. Why not go for it? How much time do we have to live our dreams? Start today. 
Just go to rihannamilne.com, the mentoring tab, and create the list you need me to coach you on to begin your virtual global dream job from home today. That's rihannamilne.com, rihannamilne.com, the mentoring tab, to create the life you desire now. Okay, we're back. So now we're talking about keeping your home stress-free, which happens by being clutter-free. Decoloring your home can do a whole lot to neaten up your headspace, open up your degree of focus, as well as make you feel great about coming home or even living and working at home. You know, if you have a desk at home like I do, Having tons of stacked papers around you makes you feel very overwhelmed. It's important that at the end of each day, you clean up and throw out what you don't want, file what needs to be put away, and maybe keep in a small pile behind you what you deal with each day. Okay, like for example, I do three to five interviews a week, so I'm not putting those papers away every day. They sit on the desk where I can easily pull them out and refer to them right before I have an interview. Keep things in notebooks. If you have a lot of notes from a course, for example, get yourself a three ring binder so it's all kept nice and neat in one place and you can go back to the binder to refer to your notes if you need to. But too much stuff makes people feel overwhelmed and highly anxious. It can even lead towards depression. I like to tell my clients, start with each room and see where you can declutter. I usually start with the main gathering room, which is the den or the living room. Look from corner to corner. Do you like everything that's there? Do you love it? Do you relate to it? If you don't, get rid of it. If it's something someone else would enjoy, put it in a box for donation. If it's trashy, old, broken, missing a part, or just had its day, throw it away. Trust me, you won't miss it. But if everything on a knickknack shelf is something you love or brings you a special memory, don't feel like you have to throw it away. Keep it if it makes you feel happy. It's good for you to purge the things that have piled up over the years, and it comes with such a freeing feeling and a feeling of peace. When you clear your space, you definitely clear your head. And cleaning up isn't about just having a neater space. It's the mental state that comes along with feeling freer of stuff. When you put your house in order, you put your affairs and your past in order too. It's cleansing. It's getting rid of the past. It restores balance in you and the other people in your home. If you are neat and the majority of the family is neat, and let's say you have a teenager that refuses to be neat, You've got to get that in line with behavior modification. I use with my kids what I call the star chart. When they were young, they would do five tasks a day over six days. That would enable them to get a total of 30 stars. If they got at least 24 from the tasks that they, they needed to do, now I did not remind them, these were posted. That's part of it. It's not about you nagging. Did you do it? Did you do it? If you don't do it, you don't get your stars. No, none of that. It's positive behavior parenting. So if they do the chores, they get the stars. They know what they're aiming for. So 24 stars, they get a special perk or a surprise or a day at a special outing with you. You know, that's what I used to do with my girls. We used to go 
to the nature park or the amusement park or take a drive to Pittsburgh or up to Cleveland. We lived in Erie, PA when they were young. So we would do special for the day if they both reached their stars. So for the teenager, once they turn 12, you want to have an allowance chart. So the allowance chart, same concept, 30 is perfect. So if they reach 30, they get a bonus. If they get 24, they get the allotment. So if your salary or the allowance is $10 a week by Friday afternoon, if they've done the six days of work, they get their $10. That's what they use if they want to go to the movies, hang out with a friend, go to the mall. That's their spending money. Now they start learning the importance of earning a living, working to get the things that they desire or what they need. Of course, the average things that a child needs to be supportive, parents should do. But these are for their fun times and they learn the value of money when they're spending their own money. But they also learn a work ethic. My kids were doing star chart, have an excellent work ethic. And they also did part-time jobs since they were 12. And I would give them bonuses for helping me out, whether that was at the model and talent company or other chores that I needed done. And that was off their charts. That was something special that they would help me with. Then I would give them a little bonus. They knew the value of work and having money and then spending that money for what they desired. And I have to tell you, this worked. At 19, my kids were out on their own and supporting themselves and didn't ask me for a dime since. I have to tell you, this method really works when you're raising your kids. So this will encourage them to keep their rooms straight at the end of the day. And I always had Friday as the main day to clean up their room because if they wanted company to come over for the weekend, all I'd say, well, how's your room? And then I'd give them time to clean it up, make sure it was straight. They say, okay, mom, come look. And I say, looks great. So proud of you. Yes, of course you can have company come over. It's about pride and learning to clean up and learning routines, right? So if you teach your kids early and we say, you know, we want to be proud of our homes and feel that we can have anyone stop over at any time. And we're never embarrassed to invite people into our homes. We had a house where a lot of people like to come and visit and sit around and our homes were always picked up. And it was never that you felt embarrassed in your home because it was, things were always in place. Then these are habits that your kids instill when they move on in their life. It's important that they learn to put their rooms in order, their house in order. It helps restore balance amongst everybody in the family. They know where their possessions are. They're not asking you, hey, mom, where's this? Where's my that? They need to know where it is for themselves, right? Teach us responsibility early in life. And when we detox and get rid of things that we don't want or need and give it to others in charity, then that makes us feel good too. We always have two piles, one that elders could use and enjoy for my donations. And if they're just too used or old, then I would throw them away. Some people like to tackle things by a category. You could start with going through your clothes and then all your books and then all your papers and then all your collectibles, things like that. Me, I prefer to start with a room, the most common room, the living room, then maybe going into the kitchen, then your desk area, things that if people stopped over, what would they see, right? They may not see your bedroom, but my thing, usually before I go to bed, I work a lot of hours. So I'm pretty beat by the time I go to bed. So the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is make sure my bedroom is cleaned up and very clean of clutter and things are in order. So by the time I do go to bed, I'm 
happy to walk into a nice clean bedroom where everything is put away. So make sure that everything you're keeping gives you joy in life and the clothes that you're wearing, you feel great in, you feel successful or sexy and just feel great in. And if you don't, it's time to get rid of those and give them away. I suggest cleaning through your closet at least twice a year right before springtime and right before fall or winter. And usually if you're not sure of some things, you could have a couple of boxes of that. Put it in your garage for six months. If you don't go to it, you forget what it is, and then you go and donate it with the next donation piles. I found when I moved from New Jersey down to Florida, I had tons and tons of boxes. And meanwhile, trust me, I spent a year getting rid of things because I had my home and a storage bin and then a two-car garage and a lot of my daughter's things were stored up in the attic. I had a lot to clean out and I didn't miss anything that I got rid of. And when I got down here, it's like, oh wow, if it doesn't fit in the garage, I'm getting rid of things. So I still kept donating and donating to get rid of things and I never missed any of it. Trust me, get rid of the things that you can and you'll be happy that you did. When you ask yourself why you can't get rid of something, there's two reasons. Usually there's an attachment to the past or fear for the future. You could be fearing like, well, if I get rid of all these clothes, what if I don't have the money to buy anything more? And the past attachment could be, of course, usually to memories. And I understand, hold on to those sentimental items that maybe you got from your mom or your favorite aunt or a grandparent. These are things that convey feelings of love. So keep those. People ask, what about hoarders? Where does that come from? That comes from where a child was either given love by things, so they were always given presents instead of a parent's time, love, or attention. So things meant love to them, or usually the opposite. They grew up with very little things, always lack, they wanted things that were never allowed to have it. They had to wear hand-me-down clothes or clothes that weren't new. They had to get from consignment shops. Those are people that want the newest things or the best sneakers or the pretty expensive purses because they never were allowed to have them as kids. So there's some kind of maybe an unhealthy emotional attachment to things. And if that's the case, you wanna learn balance in life and perhaps talk to a coach like me that helps you handle and heal from your past unconscious childhood trauma. Clutter's caused by the failure of not being able to return things to where they belong. If you don't have enough space for it, obviously you're going to have to get rid of something, right? You have to reduce trying to put things away. If you don't need them, get rid of them. But do try to designate a spot for everything and that way things stay in order. Things tend to add up in that big kitchen drawer or in the cabinet where all those plastic containers are stored. Go through there every six months and get rid of those things too. It cuts out a whole lot of stress when you don't have to keep searching over and over for things because you don't remember where they are or you can't find them because there's too much clutter. De-stress. If you are indeed addicted to shopping, which is a real addiction, whether it's on TV or in the stores, do make sure you get help for that. Again, there's an emotional connection to things that's unhealthy. And instead of being connected to people, you may have social anxiety where you're hemmed up at home and only buying things on television to bring you love. And then after a certain amount of time, okay, that thing got old, let me buy another one, which brings you some temporary joy, a small fix, 
and then that's done and then you buy another one. So eventually how much things do you need? And when there's so much clutter, you're not enjoying them anyway. When you have more things, living a more minimal or simple lifestyle, especially around your desk area, it eases a lot of stress. The question of what you own is actually the question of how you want to live your life, stress-free or cluttered and full of complications. Remember, a clean home equals a clear mind. When we have a mess in our outside space, it stems from a mess inside of our headspace. Surround yourself with things that are creative and beautiful, inspiring and positive and empowering. Decluttering your home and detoxing yourself, your body, right, from chemicals, alcohol, smoking, chemicals from food, and having a place that is serene and beautiful where everywhere you look, you're happy to see what you see. It helps you to be more creative in your work as well. Decluttering your home also helps you to keep your priorities in place. You get rid of the things that slow you down, that cost more money and waste your time and your life. When you can move quickly and efficiently because you don't need to look for things, things aren't lost or things aren't under a pile, your efficiency increases and your stress decreases. You're no longer wasting money on things you already own, things you don't really need, things that are just going to go out of style. Try to buy classics, things that you can hold on to for a long time when it comes to clothing. And pay attention to your actions and your habits. You have to start become mindful and think things through. Ask, do I really need this? What do I want this for? Would I rather put this money in my savings account? Or do I really, really need this particular item? Remember, habits are important and some might just need tweaking and others you have to acknowledge if you need more work on this. If you become mindful, then you will know that yes, you have to spend more attention on this habit to change and then it can work for you. Find inspiration. So surround yourself with items that inspire you, make you happy, smile, images from a favorite vacation or an artist that you think is just gorgeous. Keep a few of your favorite books around you on the shelves, but don't have them cluttered all over the floor and all over all kinds of space. Donate the rest to a library or children's school, wherever somebody could use that degree of learning. Make a date and purge to donate, again, three to four times a year. I say at least twice a year at the end of winter and before fall. Go green and bring in some nature. So real plants definitely help fight indoor pollution. So they're lovely if you can keep plants alive in your household. You usually need some element of sun coming in. But if you can't, you could even bring in fake plants that are pretty that add at least a little earthy greenery to your space. If you're a beach person like I am, try and get down there at least once a week to either sit and watch the waves or take a walk along the ocean to breathe in the air, hear the noise of the ocean, to just let it buzz out your mind and do some deep thinking. You know, getting connected with nature, even through hiking through the woods and hearing the different sounds within the woods and the branches and leaves snapping under your feet. 
it's really great to connect with nature. And when you come home to that clutter-free house, you'll feel just as good. Do pick some color schemes that are uplifting and beautiful in your home. I love turquoise and white. That's what my living room is. And metallics, I think, are beautiful because they reflect the light. Buy yourself beautiful bedding that you love looking at the bed. The bed is the biggest art piece in the bedroom. Make sure you have beautiful decorative pillows and nice bedding that you'd love to get into every night. And be mindful of what you bring into your home. Be conscious of what you purchase. Decline any gift that you really don't want. Just say no thank you or accept it gracefully and then donate it. If you're coming out of a toxic relationship or marriage, declutter then. Get rid of the things that they wanted that you never really resonated with. If it's an old couch, spend the money and treat yourself to something new and beautiful and colors that make you feel happy and energized and peaceful and calm. You know, when I sit down in my living room to enjoy a movie on Netflix, I have this great reclining couch, soft turquoise blanket and big fluffy pillows. I just feel like I'm in heaven. So every room in my house has comfort and beautiful art and surroundings around me. And I mind pick every item that I have and it feels so good to have that around me. So take the time this weekend and start decluttering your place. You're going to feel so much better when you detox. When you're around people, put that phone away. Make them feel important to you and their life within the family. Set up rules as far as when you can use your phone, put them away at dinner, have a regular dinner hour where it's conversation and the hour afterwards where it's homework and you and your partner can connect without the phone. Keep the phone out of the bedroom, that's for certain, and try barely to use it on the weekends. I hope this helped you feel a little bit more stress-free when you declutter and detox in these three areas of your life. You'll be amazed at how wonderful and peaceful you're going to feel. And with that ends the lesson. Okay, love angels and transformers, that's all we have time for today. I appreciate you sharing the love and the mission of helping me change the way the world loves by sending the show link to your friends that you love and care about. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show, give it a five-star rating, and comment on what you liked about the show. If there's an upcoming episode you'd like me to hit a certain topic, just write me at the contact me form at lessonsinlifeandlove.com website and you can easily share the show link from there. Remember, you can reach out for help during the week for me at any time at my website, rihannamilne.com. And while you're there, get my free ebook on how to have the love that you deserve, as well as book chapter downloads from my number one bestseller, Love Beyond Your Dreams, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve, and Live Beyond Your Dreams, From Fear and Doubt to Personal Power, Purpose, and Success and also take the four free love tests. They're perfect for you if you're a single or a couple. Because as always, I am here to help you create that life that you desire and to have the love that you deserve. Have a very blessed, peaceful, safe, and fabulous week. We want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. Go to RihannaMilne.com for more resources. If you're really ready to take action to improve your life or love situation, apply now for a session with Rihanna. And remember, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve.